Hey, thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now, and if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, and welcome back to another conversation of Redux Church. And I, if you haven't already, take some time and go spend some time in worship. Jeremy instructs us to do that, and I think it's very vital, and I support it. I personally have a playlist on Spotify of all my praise and worship songs, and I periodically spend time there. And then come and join us and listen to this podcast and join our online community too. We want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. We want to um, just touch base with you and see how you're doing and, and maybe start up a conversation with you that has a comma and no period. And I am Rachel and I'm here with Wayne. How are you? Hey, I'm great. You good? You doing I good? I love that. A comma and no period. Yeah. Cause it just should never stop. Right. Wow. So that's kind of how we're doing the book of John. John and Jeremy just finished book chapter one. Yeah. And comma. And we're going to start chapter two. You and I are going to have go. a conversation. Let's so get, this is going to be fun. It is. It's, this is our first time together. It is. I I see you. I've been around you. You have a podcast on Stream Grace Network, yeah. as do I. And so when Jeremy threw, threw us in here, I thought, well, let's go. Let's do it. I've listened to some of yours and uh, we, we have a few similarities in our background. So yes. I think we're going to get along just fine today. I think we will. I think we will. So, all right, let's jump into okay. John, the second chapter. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now, dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples
disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. John 2, I love this story. In fact, I don't know if it's God or if Jeremy's just very smart, but this, I have referred to this story so many times in my life, even when I was pastoring and then in my transition years and still multiple times on my podcast. So I know what I glean from it. What do you glean from it from those first 12 verses? Man, there's, there's a bunch of stuff here, but as I was driving over today, uh, the thought hit me that I don't know that I've ever had before on this chapter. And that's obviously it's Jesus first miracle. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. But the first miracle of Jesus was introduced or brought about by a woman. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we're in certain denominational mm -hmm. territory yes, where women can't do anything except teach Sunday school for kids <laughs> and little old ladies, right? Yes. So uh, I think it's uh, uh, awakening that uh, Jesus is basically saying, hey, you know, it's not even my time yet. Right. And then when she says, just just do what he says. Right. She, she puts him on the spot. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they respond to her. So, you know, they, they recognize whatever degree of authority she had in mm -hmm. clay pots at 20 or 30 gallons a piece. Yes. At 8.3 pounds per gallon. Mm -hmm. Women probably didn't fill those pots. No. <laughs> no. Men servants or the disciples fill yeah. those pots. And uh, that, that I was on the way over. That was not in anything I had had thought about, meditated on before we got together. I went, wow. Just dawned on you. Rachel will, Rachel will go, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll say a big O amen <laughs> to that. Because I think many a times in scripture, women were there but weren't noticed. They were, they were underlined but not highlighted. Mm -hmm. um, and I truly believe that Jesus was the biggest advocate of women. Yes. And I believe that because his mom, Mary got pregnant so young, I can identify with that, that it's very possible around Jesus's house. were all the outcast women because Mary was an yeah. outcast. Yeah. I mean, she, how do you explain that she got married and she's still a virgin? She, I believe looked crazy, but yet she, she brought all those women into her home and Jesus was a very, very much a, a liberator of women and he freed women and he gave them a voice. And I think what stuck out to me, um, in this was, I think in one of my conversations with Jeremy, I said servants, but my head said they were disciples. And I was reflecting back on one time cause I actually did a message on this chapter. And I think in history and theologians believe that this was, um, possibly John's wedding because he had so much detail in the book mm. and that this was Mary's sister's son's wedding. So this would have been Jesus's cousin. Now I'm no theologian or historian. I'm just actually kind of just pulling from memory from way back then, but that Mary was probably there helping all the food, get everything together. She would have been the wedding coordinator. Then. Yes, she okay. would have. And, and, and that time weddings were weeks long, whereas a week long. They were celebrations. Yes, and they were um, very much an impression on the young couple's life because family would come in and go for seven days and they ran out of wine on the third day. 
So they had two more days to go, um, or if they did a full seven, you know, several mm-hmm. more days to go. And they were going to be talked about in the town. I mean, you had us in and you had no wine. How, why would you, did you not plan? Did you not prepare? And so she went to, and the, the other reason why I think the servants were the disciples is because it was family. It was close friends and family that were there. And she, what also caught me in, in, when I read this again was it was a sign. I don't think this was a miracle. I think it was a sign because it was the one thing that was going to take Jesus from being invisible to visible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a miracle is something that you already know he's the Messiah and he performed miracles pretty much after okay. that kind of, I felt like it's kind of go like going from uh, Clark Kent to Superman, <laughs> that <laughs> sign he was going to be opening up his chest, you know, his shirt and like, okay, this is who I am because he just kind of goes, you know, it's not my time. And I think she's like, yeah, well it is. So yeah. move forward. So that, that could have been my mother in that scripture. <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. Basically she's saying whatsoever I say, do it. And do you think, I think, I think Mary knew, Mary knew who he was his whole life. I don't think she knew exactly what was coming. Do you? You don't have that type of angelic announcement of how your life is going to change forever without knowing something. I agree. And you may not know details, but you know there is something uh, radically different. Mm-hmm. It's it's an encounter in time from a God perspective, and uh, she may not know any, have known details, but she knew that she knew. I do. I agree. I this is not in the Bible or anything, but I I tried when I read my word. I would I always put myself in the story, and I always want to know what happened in the years that weren't listed. So you mm. know, Jesus was born. Yeah in the manger. So we have that. And then he grows up and basically we see him again when he, um, goes, they go to the temple and he gets mm-hmm. lost. Remember and they're, they're yeah. heading home. Must be about my father's business. Yes. Must be about my father. And so he was a young child and then there's years we don't see. And then we see him at this age, basically 30 kind of basically I'm going to be showing who I am. I often wonder in those those years if there were little things that Jesus did as far as like miracles that Mary was like, Hey, it's not your time yet. (laughs) Hey, we're going to go to a family reunion and I need you to swim in the water, not on the water. Well, if if he's 12, (laughs) which I've always read, he's, he's 12 when he says, I must be about my father's business. Mm So if he knows he's about his father's business at 12 and this is 30, we got 18 years of continuing being about his father's business, waiting for the master curtain to come Mm -hmm. up. Something happened in that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just, um, I'm, I'm doing a seminar on outreach and one of the, one of the sessions is, are you tipsy? In other words, you get bumped and stuff spills out of you. Yeah. Jesus had to have been tipsy. Yeah. We're talking about wine and Jesus and tipsy in right. the same conversation. <laughs> Our hailstone's going to come down somewhere. <laughs> Things had to spill out of him yeah. prematurely, maybe not in some melodramatic fashion mm-hmm. that got recorded, but yeah, there had to be things that happened. Yeah. So I sit and like, imagine what were those things that happened? Like maybe they, Jesus and his friends were playing in the street and Fido got hit by a chariot. 
And Mary's, all the kids are crying. And Mary's like, Jesus, do something. And he's like, I can't. And she's like, do something. So maybe he goes over and looks at the dog and like touches it. Oh, he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. He's like, you know, I mean, I'm bringing some comedic humor go, here. Go pick up the dog <laughs> yeah. now. The dog's fine. Fido's <laughs> fine. You know, oh. but I think it all leads to that intimate relationship a mother had with her son, knowing the destiny that was on his life and her calling it forth. Yeah. And I, I also see that as a, as a mom of sons, I can call forth the destiny and purpose of my, my children's life. Yes. And I think that's what she was doing. She was that's giving, awesome. bringing it into fruition. So what else, what else jumped out at you? Well, uh, of course you got six clay pots. Yes. Six being the number of man. Mm -hmm. uh, pots are filled with water. Uh, 60 to 80% of our bodies are, are water. Mm -hmm. But then the key statement is, at least in the King James version, uh, the pots were filled to the brim. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if they'd have been filled halfway, we'd have had what? We'd have had halfway Half filled mm -hmm. with wine. Yeah. Because he didn't say fill no, them to the top. There was no wasted potential. Right. And we had utter and complete transformation. Now, now let me ask you, um, and you know, I was going to ask this at some point. Okay. Did he really make wine? Or did he make fruit juice? <laughs> I think he made wine. He made wine. <laughs> he, he made wine. <laughs> he made the best wine. Uh, do you ever wonder, like, sorry, then I put myself in the disciples' head, and they're standing there watching this encounter with Mary and Jesus, this conversation, and if I see a little tension between a mother and a son, I'm like, I'm, I'm not getting into that. But then she turns to them and says, whatsoever he says, do it. And they're going, are we going to look like fools? I mean... He says, go get those pots. I mean, that, what do you think the inner tension? If, if you go to the, to the end of where we're going in this session, verse, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 mm -hmm. in there, it says that uh, after, the, after the miracle, the disciples believed. Wow. Okay, so Mary, Mary causes a miracle to happen because she is anticipating expecting she's pulling on Jesus to mm -hmm. do something. So obviously she believes before the yes. transformation, mm -hmm. the disciples believe after the transformation. Mm -hmm. So they are clueless. They're watching that tension you're referring to, but, but they are just innocent. Don't know what word to use here. Ignorant bystanders. bystanders yeah. You know, uh, they are, they are just, they're watching. really just attending a wedding. They're, they're at a wedding. Mm -hmm. They have no clue what's about to unfold right. in front of them. And it's, it's the pulling back of the curtain for them. As we were saying, Mary's curtain has been pulled back a long time right. ago. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, the disciples have had little things. Some of those tipsy things maybe mm -hmm. we're talking about. Uh, how did you, where, how did you see me under the tree? Yes. I loved that. You know? Uh, mm -hmm. There were things happened. Uh, how did he know my name? Right. Uh, type things, but nothing of this magnitude. Mm -hmm. So we had little curtains pulled back. All of a sudden, the master curtain on the program is is unveiled mm -hmm. um, in in the middle, and they, and they and they watch all of this unfold before their eyes. Um, it had to be interesting to to be a disciple and and go. Wow, we were we thought we were just following a, a really cool teacher, right? You know, a master, a rabbi, right. uh, 
this this guy is more than we thought he was. Right. So what do you think the um, clay pots mean? What do you think the empty clay pots mean? What do you think the water means? And what do you think the wine means? Well, clay, clay pots refers to the earthen vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would agree which, with that. Of which all of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, wa- water refers to our humanity. Uh, wine refers to the new man. And it's a total picture of Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, mm-hmm. the old, the humanity yes. has passed away, mm-hmm. and all things have become new, and all Dead. that water, mm-hmm. all that water became wine, and then it's a foreshadowing that we were going to be filled with new wine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I agree with you too, because if you take the the clay pots, the empty clay pots at a wedding, where you know, the bride and groom are there. And it's a, to me, that's a picture of the body mm-hmm. of the body of Christ, not the church, the body of yeah. Christ, me, you, and there's dead, empty vessels in it. Yes. They have no life in it. And then Jesus comes and he reveals himself and he says to them, put water in these pots, go fill these pots up, take these dead, empty vessels that need my life in them, your life, me, life, my, me, life, me, life, <laughs> my life. <laughs> And watch what happens. Watch what my father does. And he brings out to me, I believe the wine is the joy of living free life outside of religion, outside of the the ecosystem that many of us grew up in or yeah. were a part of. And it's so it, it, we were dead. We, were, we are clay pots. We are the body of Christ. We had been in religion and we were dry and we were like dry bones. And then God breathed his breath of life. The living water of the Holy Spirit came in. And it brought this joy, this this life, this freedom. And because the next few days, they take the wine to the master of ceremonies. And he says, you saved the best for last. And what a picture, a metaphoric picture that is in the days we're living in. We see God taking people out of the religious ecosystem and dismantling their lives and breaking away those dead things and taking them through this trans, this transition with Holy spirit and filling them with this joy unspeakable and full of glory that we've never known being a problem child at this very (laughs) moment. Okay. Because you know that the message of the church today is that our world is going to hell in a handbasket Mm -hmm. and you're declaring before God and everybody on this stream that God is saving the best for last. Yes. So you're not anticipating the world going to hell in a handbasket. He's saving, he's saving the best for last. Yeah. And I've never said that before. So I hope I'm glad this was recorded because (laughs) that's all the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've never even had that revelation until now, because if that's what we represent the body and all of this things that we can look around our whole, what God is doing across the whole world, when you can see the invisible story, you can see lives like mine that had gone from what it was Mm -hmm. to where I'm at now from brutal to beautiful and that's God, that's God's hand. And it's so joyful. It's it so exuberant. Okay, so, so let's, let's piggyback on the back of what you okay. just said, okay? The, the empty pot screams empty. Yes. 
And from the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve eat at the tree of knowledge and good and evil, when their experience is they went from abundance in who they were, the breath of God in them, Mm -hmm. to hey, we need to do something to be like God. They, mm-hmm. they, they take on this mentality of lack. Yes. And all humanity is in this mentality of lack until we get to the place where we are filled and transformed. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what God is doing in this day and hour in my perception is, is bringing the church out of that constant mentality, we're in lack. We got to do something. Mm-hmm. We have to get God to come to us. Right. We don't need to get God to come no. to us. He's right here, right now. Yes. He's here all the time. He's He's in us. We don't have to go someplace to escape. We right. we have the fullness of all that He is mm-hmm. right here. So so we are experiencing, or we are able to experience uh, a, a new wine moment. Mm-hmm. In, in this day and hour, and, and that should break loose. This The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. We have to escape mentality. Right. I totally agree with you. And I think, I think that when going back to the, your Adam and Eve um, com, uh, analogy is they had the joyful living. They were yes. new wine. They were the, the best for the first. They, they were the original. <laughs> they were the original wine that he made at yes. the wedding. And then death came in. Yes. And it dried all that up. And they were separated from the glory, which the wine in this verse means glory, you know. And so when Jesus, then he does, he takes the animal, sacrifices the animal, and atones for their sins. And now it's a journey of them now having to make him Lord of their life again and a constant daily battle, internal struggle of obeying him. They had certain things they had to do all in the old Testament to uh, cut, you know, this animal atone Mm -hmm. for this. I mean, it was, it was hard. It was, it was very hard to, to have that, that new wine again until Jesus comes. And then it's easy. And then it's easy. <laughs> it's easy. Everything is easier with Jesus. It is. And even in the dismantling process mm-hmm. is easier with Jesus. Yeah. Even in the, him breaking things out of our life is easier because I've said it many times. I may not like the process, but I'll learn to love it. You know, they, the disciples I'm sure didn't like what was happening between Mary and Jesus. But once they, they did what he asked them to do. They loved what was on the other side because he pretty much saved the whole, the family name saved them from being a disgrace. So how do you think? um, So let's see, what what do you think were some key things that was going on in the disciples heads um, after? So it's an, it's an invisible story. So after they, they, See the waters turned into wine. Well, the, the first thing they did is they went and got on Facebook <laughs> and posted, and posted <laughs> selfies with Jesus and the wine. Uh, you you never get, know. I may get kicked off the next episode. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, they could have been like, what, what just happened? What just happened here? Did, did we, did they gaslight themselves or did they believe? Well, you know, uh, a serious Bible student 
in everyday life would have something happen and they'd go to a commentary to try and find what someone said to get understanding. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any commentary to go to. Mm -mm. They didn't have Google to go look it up. Mm -hmm. they, they had to internalize what, what was I a part of? What do I know from the reading of the law at the synagogue? What, what do I know from the traditions that I've been taught? How does this fit? You know, this doesn't fit. Right. And if they had any inkling at that moment, mm -hmm. we might be following not just a wise teacher, but this might be, be the, the Messiah. Messiah. Mm -hmm. That yep. had to be a might like, I, I can't even say that out loud. Right. I don't, I don't know if they had that or not. But I, I, I would perceive that if they had that thought, this, this could, could no, no, no. Internal gaslighting. You, 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 mm -hmm. you, you bury right. that right. And, and, and decide I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to say that out loud. Right. Yeah. I have to believe there was some sort of um, excitement on the other side of seeing that laced with fear now, what am I responsible for do for yeah. doing what yeah. I'm going to, because by this time they'd already committed themselves to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so now in the, the committing, okay, this is going to be exciting and scary. How many times have you been in a situation where you're, you've been asking God for an answer and he tells you something to do. It's exciting and, and scary. Immediately, immediately fear. Mm-hmm apprehension maybe mm -hmm. fear might be too strong in some instances. i agree yeah not fear but, is like but apprehension and uneasiness mm -hmm. i'm going to get pulled out of my comfort zone uncertainty and mm -hmm. and so these these guys who who did who did we commit to walk with right and and what lays ahead was that i i had never had I, I never had that thought so that's that's an interesting well i always think you know because as this as jesus's life begins to unfold he's hated He's hated by the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious people of the day. And they've aligned themselves with him. They've sold out to him. And so they're, to, for me, because one of my kryptonites coming out of transition was, what did people think about me? What are people going to think about me? What are people going to think about me? And here now they're aligned with um, Jesus, who is revealing himself now as the Messiah. This sign has happened. And everything Jesus does now from that point on are miracles. And they are walking with him and as some of their lives unfold they all get martyred yeah you know they all but they took that excitement on well if if we if we confine our our discussion to the 12 mm -hmm. and and recognize those 12 have all different backgrounds and the history of the disciples going forward is out of that group one or two will have some insight. They'll see something on the other side of the veil mm -hmm. and the rest of them are oblivious. And so probably a couple of them latched onto something and the rest of them are, are they don't, they don't know what's going on still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so maybe, maybe, maybe a few of them had some revelation at the moment and the rest of them are, well, where, where, where are we where going we next? Now? Yeah. You know? I, I think for a lot, for the, hey, you, you got a, you got another one. <laughs> <laughs> I think for a lot of them, I think they realize the rest of their life is basically kind of boils down to obedience is going to be the key to walking with this man because it, he walked them to life. And then once he left the earth, they carried the gospel. 
to all over the world. They they committed to obedience when they agreed to follow him. Yes. Because he had the authority of a rabbi. So he he was when when they say master in scripture, he literally was so to speak their master. He was their their teacher. They were con- they they self-contracted to him, mm-hmm. you might say. Um so uh in in that authority uh, they they now question maybe what all are we committed to and what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, in a sense, that's the place we want to live everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a follower of Christ. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a disciple. Yes, I'm, I'm his child now. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Where, where do we go from here? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it's a place that we all need to live to some degree in a greater fashion, maybe yeah. what we have. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to just close in prayer. Yes. And um, would you like to pray sure. over us? Sure. Father, we just thank you today for uh, the joy of being able to sit in a passage of scripture and to see who you are and what you're saying. And Father, we want to we want to be those people wherever we're at right now wherever people are listening. We want to be those people who are in a sense of awe of, of who you are and what you do. And we want to be that people that question, what does this mean for me? And Father, we just rejoice together today to know that we have ears that hear your voice and we understand what you're saying. And there is new life and new direction new walk, new thoughts for us as we go forward in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us today and, and listening with us. And if you, we want you to join this conversation. And so communicate with us, share this, share this on Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, wherever you look at social media, share it. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, multiple people need to hear this type of of, of understanding and so and if you want to support us financially you can find your best way to do that on um, redux.com and we love you and we will see you for part two